Welcome to Build Beyond Bricks, the Western Sydney Community Forum podcast. A place to learn, share, connect and explore using analysis and insights to lead and shape the future of communities. Hello and welcome to our platform, which is all about building communities. My name is Camille Derriman and I'm from the team at Western Sydney Community Forum and I will be your host for today's conversation. Today is one of our COVID-19 specials and as part of these specials, we will be unpacking the impacts on agencies who are at the forefront of supporting people experiencing vulnerability and crisis and where we share our ideas, our thoughts, tools and experiences so we can hopefully support each other in servicing local communities across Greater Western Sydney. Our guest today is Grace Farber, the founder and CEO of Autism Advisory and Support Service, which is based in Liverpool. So welcome, Grace. It's lovely to have this conversation with you. So thank you for being here. Thanks for this wonderful opportunity, Camille. Would you be able to just share a little bit about yourself and the Autism Advisor and Support Service and about the services that you offer? So um, first and foremost, I'm the proud mother of two beautiful, beautiful young men who both have autism. And it was through our early journey that I found there was no services uh, that could meaningfully uh, support myself, my boys, our whole family. So I set out just to do a little information service back in 2007. We started out around my kitchen table and we have now grown to an amazing team of therapists and uh, offering a range of different services uh, throughout Australia and the world. So our services include uh, we have a multidisciplinary team of therapists, including speech therapy, occupational therapy, music therapy, art therapy, psychology. Uh, we also do uh, various group programs. We do support groups in various languages and also for dads as well. Basically, we set out to fill gaps in service provision in a meaningful way from a lived experience perspective. And we found that to be really um beneficial that's embraced by the community. We also provide professional development and we have the only autism hotline 24 that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the world and it is unfunded. We get no government funding for that or any of our other services, in fact. So we run on a fee-for-service basis for our allied health, our support, carer support, our advocacy and our 24-hour autism hotline uh, is self-funded through donations and fundraising events. It's very challenging, Camille, I can assure you, because um, we rely heavily on um, volunteers as well. And it's very difficult to get commitment from volunteers, especially the volunteers that we seek, and that is with uh, those with a lived experience of autism because they have their own, I guess, commitments. They need to be paid as well. Um, so not many have the, um, I guess, the luxury of being able to volunteer. Most need to work for money. So it is rather challenging. However, we, we have to make it work because the people who we serve have got no one else to turn to. You, you see it in a lot of uh, places as well that the lived experience is, is vital to delivering effective services. It does. It's We understand and we can come in and support families without judging. 
Uh, sadly, we have so many families who suffer in silence because they are judged. I've currently got a mother in a hospital who is being judged by some, not not many, but there's one or two staff members and mum's desperate just to go home and yet is forced to stay there because her daughter needs the help. It's very... It's very frustrating, but that's a whole other story because we need to get more awareness out for the for, for autism and uh, other invisible disabilities. Our kids are not naughty. They are not spoiled. They are not manipulative. There are underlining concerns there and any derogatory remarks that are made uh, actually impact the capacity of the parent so in a negative way because they are unable to move forward and they, they, lose, they lose all hope. They become helpless. And that's when they suffer in silence. And that's what we are trying to avoid. We don't want them to suffer in silence. We want to give them a voice. We want to give them a positive path to go back on. Yeah, no, of course. That's um, incredibly important. Yeah. In the current circumstances, um, with all the, all the services you, you offer, how has the um, COVID-19 pandemic impacted on delivering the service um, operations day to day? So COVID's been really interesting. Because autism is a spectrum, I was really concerned at the beginning. We had to we had to try and deliver the services in a way that were family friendly. Now remembering that in Southwest Sydney we have a huge culturally and linguistically diverse population, many of whom have their own special needs, low education, uh, English is not their first language, so technology is new to a lot of them as well. We were having lots of, of roadblocks where we were trying to implement some telehealth options I was fascinated and encouraged because a lot of our families actually were able to transfer over to that model of therapy. I was surprised, even with my own children. I thought that, uh, especially my youngest son, who's a little bit lower functioning, I didn't think that he'd take up the therapy option, the telehealth option, and yet he flew with it. I was pleasantly surprised. However, there were families that couldn't take that up for reasons of their children were just too severely impacted and couldn't engage via telehealth. So we had to look at another way of how to engage them in therapies in a way kind of like homeschooling. So we provided resource packs for the parents. We sold little packs of musical instruments that they could do with their therapy online. We started up a YouTube channel where our therapists were doing little social media segments uh, so segments that we put on social media and they're also on YouTube now so the parents have got some little snippets of therapy that they can use at home at any time with the resources that they purchase so there's therapy through play at home as well so we were very innovative oh, my team are wonderful very innovative very flexible we did though have a couple of clients who still needed that face-to-face -face therapy and I would only do that if if the therapist was comfortable enough to provide that and then there were the the clients who because of their own health reasons had to suspend their sessions which was fine our income dropped about 30 percent so we were very grateful for the job keeper supplement from the government that enabled i was very frightened for especially for my casuals i was but that enabled us to not lose any workers at all um, 
and the team came together. They, again, chose innovative ways like the social media, um, like the little packs, the resource packs to come up to still continue to support the families and give them some mode of in-home support while we had that social distancing happening. Um, and I think that leads into the, the third question too about what kind of strategies, strategies you put in place. Your organisation was impacted, but you found a way to sort of roll with it, if you will. Well, we had to because sadly, just like our autism hotline goes 24 days a week, sorry, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because autism doesn't stop. It's the same with, with COVID. COVID is not going to stop the uh, anxiety the meltdowns, the support that's required within the family. So we knew that. So we were trying different ways to try and support each of our clients as best as we could. We also saw that oh, we also had an influx of calls for support. So my word, because of homeschooling, people were ringing us up saying, I can't do this anymore. We either get support in the home, I need support with homeschooling because I don't know how to tutor my children. My child is melting down because they can't handle not being at home, sorry, being at home all the time. So that was unfunded. So, but we managed to find ways to get supports in the home where we could to help these families have less stress in their environment and help them cope through the few months of, of lockdown that we had. It, it sounds like all of it can be considered an essential service. So you have to sort of balance the, the health and, and well-being of the people working with the clients, but also the needs of the clients. And Well, we, were considered a, we are considered an essential service, which is just as well um, because, again, families were getting to crisis point. And those who came to us, we managed to find, thank God, a positive pathway for them to overcome that crisis. It's a good thing that um, that so many of the clients could still access the service. Um, it, there were still pathways to uh, alternative pathways, depending on on what they needed and what they could handle. Absolutely. Well, that's what autism's about. Autism, it's, there's no textbook for autism because each child is unique. Their needs are individual. Their family situations are different as well. So each family, had to, we had to look upon each family uniquely and try and come up with a way to support them as best as we could during the COVID time. There's no one-size-fits-all one size approach, is there? Definitely not. Oh, my word. I know that from experience. <laughs> but, um, it, it certainly makes for interesting stories. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in terms of these strategies that, um, that you, you put in place, the alternative ways of reaching your clients, did it mean any additional resources or upskilling for you and your team Absolutely. Oh my word. We had to, we had to work out which platform are we going to use because there are a few options out there. We ended up going with Zoom. Then how do we use Zoom? Oh my word. Um, so we, we've got one of our therapists is just amazing. She's technically minded and she worked it out. She trained the rest of the staff and we were able to in turn train our parents 
how to use that platform, how to download it, how to use it. I have utter admiration for my beautiful team and in how flexible they were and quickly adapting to this new way of yeah, offering therapies to our clients. Now, the funny thing is one of my beautiful therapists was only new to us. She'd only been with us for a few weeks. She's a new grad as well. So she basically got dumped into the deep end. We offered because it wasn't only just offering support to the family. We had to offer support to one another and the therapist to make sure that, A, everybody's mental well-being is um, sustained and to make sure that they're making the most out of and adapting well to this new form of providing therapy by telehealth. And, again, I'm just utterly proud of my beautiful team and the amazing way they adapted. We organised regular Zoom meetings as well. Uh, we've had Zoom birthdays. We've had, um, we wanted to try and keep that, that sense of normality in a time which is totally unnormal. That's not even a word, but, um, yeah, it, it, in a unique time. So uh, those daily Zoom catch-ups between the teams, those weekly full team um, catch-ups, very important. It kept us in touch with one another as, as well as what was happening across the board. Uh, our team works in a multi-dis, a multidisciplinary fashion, so it was really important to keep those lines of communication open between one another. And again, we did that really well to be able to better serve our families. Moving forwards now towards the end of the peak period of the COVID pandemic and starting to get a bit a bit more uh, normality back into everyone's lives what what do you see as the next steps I want to work from home especially now in winter it's just too cold to get out of bed and out of my warm jammies but that's beside the point but um, but what we've we've actually already started to tackle that issue so we're looking to do a back in the office plan for term three because we work by school terms um so that's the towards the middle of july there are families so some of our team who have got especially those with young families like the idea of working remotely so we'd like to give them that opportunity as well so we're offering more flexibility we were already a flexible workplace but we're offering that extra flexibility and there's now going to be another another option for families to be able to choose from where it comes to how they have their therapy delivered. So before it was in clinic, at the school or at home, now we have the extra option of would you like telehealth? It's offering more a more range of um, opportunity, not just for our clients, but also for our therapists as well, which is very exciting. I think that we needed this epidemic, epidemic in order to be able to have these opportunities presented and so that employers can understand the benefits of some people working from home for at least part of the week. I love the idea of a homework balance and if this can offer more of that for my staff, then I will embrace it. I think um, that a lot of organisations might have been thinking of taking the next step in terms of technological approaches to service delivery, but I think the pandemic has just, you know, kick-started it <laughs> for a lot of yeah. people. Some of my staff have got young families and if they need to work from home, uh, I was always embracing, you know, if you need the day off, that's fine. If you've got a 
go to school for your child. That's fine, do that because your children will never be this young again and you don't want to miss out on these important years. However, we now have an opportunity for them to work from home and still gain the most with their children. So I I love a win-win like that. I don't think that by working, every parent needs to sacrifice everything and that includes seeing their children grow and develop. So spending time with your children is so important. Going to work is important to be able to fuse the two together in a positive way. I embrace and I love it. One last question. Do you have any key suggestions or points of learning that you would like to share with anyone listening, dealing with this uh, situation? I found that as the CEO I may have the final call. However, I found it really important to gather my team together and say, here is our issue. How can we best get around it? And I wanted my team to own not just the problem, but the solution as well. And I think that gave everybody that vested interest in uh, and such a successful outcome. So my words of wisdom, if you want to call that, call them that, is speak to your team. Your team are so important in delivering outcomes that if they're part of the discussions, that then they will have that vested interest and they will have ownership. They will they will be able to deliver, I guess, with pride. Yes, that those open discussions with the team, flexibility, we have to be flexible. The times are changing. The way we are delivering and uh, providing services is changing. So we're in a huge transitional time at the moment. Don't fight it. Go with the flow. Go with the flow because it, if, if not, if you remain steadfast to the changes, you'll only break. And by being flexible with the changes... Uh, I believe that it will lead to more positive and productive outcomes. I love that. Those are definitely words of wisdom. (laughs) Thank you very much for for joining me today and having this conversation um, and giving your your advice and insights. Sincerely a pleasure, Camille. Thank you. So if you want to get in touch with Grace, you can check out the podcast notes below. We're all working together within this fog. We've never been here before. We're not certain what to do or or how to do it. None of us have the answers and we're all hoping that we're heading in the right direction. Um, These are the things that we will continue to explore as part of the COVID-19 specials. Thank you uh, for joining us, everyone, and please get in touch with your thoughts and questions at any time. Stay well again soon and goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Build Beyond Bricks by Western Sydney Community Forum. The region's Social Development Council, providing programs, services, analysis and insights. To learn more, visit us at wscf.org.au.